Hello, we're talking about John chapter 19. Um, it's definitely a sad chapter. Uh, what Jesus would describe as the, chi the childbirth, the labor um, that's put in before the joy. Now, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It's, it's the Son of Man being raised up. Jesus has been talking about this with his buddies, with his disciples, and with the Pharisees and the crowds for, for years now. I mean, one of his first interactions with with the Pharisee Nicodemus, he says, "The Son of Man must be lifted up. That God loves the world; that He sent His Son into the world to bring people back to Him, and He does this by lifting His Son up. The Father gives up His Son, just as Abraham gives up Isaac." I guess was willing to give up Isaac because Abraham didn't quite do it because God stopped him. But I think it's a interesting thing that the father doesn't ask us to do something that he's not willing to do himself because the father ultimately gives up his own son at this point in time, which is crazy. And so we see Jesus willingly go to the cross to be raised up. He knows that's why he came draw all men to himself to, 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 to crush the enemy of sin death and the father of lies to remove folks from slavery from imprisonment from death and bring them to life through this sacrificial lamb of God sacrifice that Jesus from the get-go has been called right the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world Jesus was marked with that by his buddy John the Baptist from the beginning and so we see it coming to completion at this point I think it's really unique and cool and also interesting to study about and look at how Jesus handles death compared to most people See, most people, when they're put under pressure, their real self comes out. Think about it in your own life. Um, when you're carrying something heavy, that's usually when arguments start to fly. Or when you're tired um, and haven't had much sleep and, and things are, uh, the pressure's on, that's usually when the true you comes out. Either good or bad. You know, a lot of basketball stars spend hours and hours and hours and hours training for the pressure shot, for, for the clutch time. When it's fourth quarter, you're down by 15 and you really have to step up. That's when the true them comes out. And we see it with Jesus, right? He hasn't had any sleep. He's been anxious out of his mind to the point that he's sweating blood. He's been arrested, mistried. Uh, people have lied about the things he's been saying, accusing him of, of being an enemy of the state of the Jewish state and the enemy and an enemy of, of Caesar mocking, spitting on him, punching him. And they and they begin to embarrass him even more at this point. Pilate is a little confused and Jesus himself and in, in this in chapter nineteen talks about Pilate's authority. He's like, You don't have any authority except what was given to you. It's this flex that Jesus puts on Pilate. It's crazy to see Jesus interact with this high high individual where most people would be freaked out so Jesus gets crucified next to two thieves and we see the last thing that he does one of the last things is he 
as he's sitting there dying, he's been spit on, mocked, naked, whipped, all that stuff. He's, I mean, he has been bleeding on his back for hours at this point. He can't breathe. He's choking on his own blood. And he looks down at his mother. And this is, again, this is the heart of Jesus. The clutch nature of who God is. It reveals the character of the person of Jesus at the point of the most pressure, right? This is fourth quarter. This is where we see his true self. And what does he do? He cares for his mother. He cares for the people around him. He asks the Father to forgive these folks. I mean, at any point, most of us would be calling down curses on these folks. But he asks the Father to forgive these folks for they know not what they do. And then he looks down at his mother and he, and, he, and he thinks about his mom. Because he's leaving, he wants to leave her in good hands. So he looks at John, his disciple, and he says, Behold your mother. He looks at his mom and says, Behold your son. But he's looking to bring connection. He's looking to help and care for those that he was close to. We see that he says, I thirst, and they bring him um, a sponge to drink on. And It's crazy. Like, Jesus became an orphan so that we could become a part of the family. And we see that picture with John and his mother. Jesus became thirsty so that we could be satisfied constantly throughout this book. Jesus has been talking about, you know, are you thirsty? I am, I am, I, I'll bring living water. And at this point, we see the king of living water become thirsty. Jesus ultimately dies. and I mean, it's not just a normal death by any means. Even the centurions, the guards that sat there, thought that surely this man was the son of God. They take his body, they put it in a tomb, they wrap it up. And everybody's upset. I mean, it's not a happy moment. This man they've walked around with that they thought was God died a death that most people would say he, he he was cursed by God a man that God loves doesn't die like that that's what they thought back in that time Paul even talks about this he says that um cursed is a man who hangs on a tree that if somebody was if somebody was hanged on a tree they they were thought to be cursed by God And it's such a picture of the cross and what it means and the implications of it. That Jesus became cursed so that we could be blessed. That Jesus became thirsty so that we wouldn't have to thirst. That he became hungry so that we would be full. That he took our pain to heal our stripes. Anyways, um, definitely a lot to think about. But um, yeah, where in your life do you feel like you're... You're taking a look at Jesus' death and, and letting it bring comfort and joy and peace. He, 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 he stands on the chaos of life, even in his death. And I think it's such a picture and something we should be reminded of each and every day. So how, how are you reminding yourself of his death? Look at it. Observe it. Don't avoid it. It's easy to avoid. But he's been lifted up and like like the Israelites looked at the snake with Moses to be saved. We also must look up at him. And he loves you. It's out of love and it's out of care. And I think that's the best part. So hope you guys will measure his compassion by the cross.
You know, if you ever question whether Jesus loves you, measure it by his action, by the cross. How would people measure your love? That's a good thing to think about as well. Is it by your words that are empty, or is it by your actions that are, f that are full? <clears throat> and I think um, both should match, but anyways, love you all. Hope you're well.